0: Good Tuesday afternoon, everybody, and welcome to today's episode of Great Quarter Gals. I'm Kaylee Nix here with Grace Sharkey. We've got a really, really great show on tap for today, talking to you, one of our most recent hires here at Freight Waves and adding to the girl gang, which I'm very, very excited yes. about. So Grace, we're going to talk to City Edwards, host of Running on Ice, our brand new show and the coolest community in freight. Those are her words, and I support them heavily. And we're going to talk to her in a little bit, but it's Tuesday. What's up? What's happening in, in your world right now?
1: Uh, I'm having a blast. Got some really fun announcements I'm working on for the rest of the week. And uh, you know, I had a really good time. As you know, I, I get to spend the end of my week writing about human interest stories. And I have this uh, column called The Logbook that comes out every Saturday and... Lo and behold, of course, uh, some wonderful news uh, about women fell into this uh, weekend's article, and uh, what better place to touch on it than here, right? So, um, I was really excited to see that uh, Marathon Petroleum is actually partnering with women in trucking, which is like it's really cool because we never get a chance to talk about some of these some of these oddball industries that fall into trucking that need just as many employees and truckers as uh, the normal over-the-road trucking company that we normally report on. And it was really exciting to see that uh, a company like Marathon is working with women in trucking to fill not just truck driver roles, but roles all over the place, including uh, technicians, diesel mechanics, IT specialists. Uh, They actually also donated $10,000 towards the Women in Trucking Foundation, as well, and um, one of their executive leaders has joined uh, Women in Trucking and is now looking to start hosting her own uh, development and women-focused group within Marathon Petroleum. And you know, it's just—it's one of those industries that I think if you went back 30 years and said, you know, women in trucking is is going to be a focus point of the the type of employees that we're looking for, uh, I don't think you would normally hear the oil and gas industry focusing on that type of initiative. So I was really excited to get a chance to to report
0: on that. I love that. I think, frankly, if you would have gone to them, the oil and gas industry 30 years ago and said, you know what, women are going to be a huge part of the workforce, you would have been laughed out of the office. Honestly, you would have been kind of shooed out by the men and said, you know what, women do our job, be sweaty, be dirty, be out in the heat, be hauling gas, be working with fuel, oil and gas. You would have been, you literally would have been laughed out of the office 30 years ago.
1: Yeah, and it's a it's a really great space too for um, different type of federal grants and, and, and women focused initiatives I know the leading ladies of logistics Tristan Simmons over there has talked to me about a number of um, female owned companies and trucking companies that haul frac sands and work for the oil fields exclusively because you know they get um, subsidies from the government in order to to focus on that industry as a whole so it's a need of these uh, employees and Uh, What was really interesting, uh, there's actually a study that women trucking did where they found that 55% of the female respondents have only driven for one carrier. So when you talk about really trying to figure out this like retainment issue Mm -hmm. and trying to find the type of employee who's going to stick to a job... You know, ladies, we're killing it right there. We're we're loyal. We're loyal to the end, right? We're ride or die. That's how it works over here.
0: <laughs> the definition of a ride or die is a driver who stays with a company through thick and thin. And I love that as well. Literally. And so speaking of this, this ties in really well with another article that was published on Freight Waves last week, talking about how diversity and inclusion initiatives, not only just within gender initiatives, but also mental health acceptance and talking about flexible work, how those aren't now necessarily just goals for companies to strive to, they're being used as recruiting tactics. And those companies are specifically appealing to a generation of younger people who are looking for flexibility in their workforce and who are looking for their core values baked into where they're looking to work, whether that's in initiatives to hire more women or to hire more people of color Or even just to kind of build that not only as like a goal of like, eh, we're trying to be inclusive, but as like a no, we are building inclusivity into our core values. And I think that's really important when you're sourcing a company or maybe looking for a new job. That's something that technology and resources like Women in Trucking's Professional Driver Hub can help provide as well, right? So let's talk about the hub really quickly before we get into Sydney, who is actually with me in studio today. Let's talk about the Professional Driver Hub and how it kind of answers any FAQs and it gives female drivers a chance to talk to real women who have been in positions and who have done the job. And it's not just talking to an executive who thinks that they know what's going on on the ground.
1: Yeah, you know, I really love this because it's it's almost like a... Much more interactive, uh, indeed, or um, glass door than even a lot of us get to to get to choose from. And you know, it's it's interesting because let's say you, you and I wanted to go into a different field, we both have such a strong LinkedIn presence or Twitter preference presence that we could more than likely just reach out to individuals and, and ask how that job would be, but. There's not really that type of media, social media presence business-wise when it comes to trucking, right? There's not a, a place to media go. I mean, you're going to find Ingrid Brown quite quickly, right? But um, besides her, there's not a way to, to find these individuals and ask those those tough questions that you definitely don't want to, you might just be more nervous to ask on that first interview, right? So I really like this. I think it, it's, if you go through the the hub as well and see the questions get very detailed and, and very focused on the exact roles and, and exactly how that job would work. So there's really no question that goes unturned. And and it's a, once again, a safe space that I think women can know they can go to and, and know that it's also produced and put together by women um, and not just you know an executive, like you said, a male executive who might not understand uh, the female's perspective
0: doing the right thing and saying that you're doing the right thing are two completely different things. (laughs) So you can check out both Grace's logbook as well as that story talking about DEI initiatives up on FreightWaves.com. And Grace, now I think it's time to welcome our in-studio guest of the day. We've got Sydney Edwards with us, who is the writer of the Running on Ice newsletter, which launched about a month ago now. We've got her first show episode of Running on Ice, which launched last Friday. So Sydney, thank you for being here, and thanks for agreeing to sit in the hot seat
2: of Great Quarter Gals. I had to. If Kaylee asks you to do it, you say okay. I'll make room on the schedule, absolutely. And it's it's with that trepidation too. It's it's the, okay, but no. I
0: think I think we're both excited to host you a little bit, and you know. We've been friends now for going on three and a half years. And you just came over to was coming out of the news business, out of the communications business. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your job hop, just starting it out first. What what kind of brought you yeah. to us here at FreightWaves? Yeah,
2: so um, the job hop, of course, I've got the background in local news journalism, um, much like you. And I was like, I love journalism. I love writing. I love interviewing. I love... Um, you know, what the job really is as, at its core. But I was I was getting burnt out by just, you know, the state of everything at, the, at this time. This was during COVID-19. It was during a lot of civil unrest. Um, so many things were going on. And, you know, I made a little jump to something more in PR. And I, um, you know, got back to a lot of skills that I'd gained in college. And I was like, you know, I really do miss... Um, getting back to to a niche set of writing and, and what I could really do. So Kaylee, being the dear friend that she is, said, Hey, we have this role at Freight Waves. And I think you might be perfect for it. And I was super excited. And it just kind of everything after the first interview, everything kind of fell into place. And it's been great. I've been here. It's been um, just over two months now. And of course, everything cold chain, supply chain logistics is very new to me. Um, but I like to jump in and, and become the uh, cold chain expert as I am <laughs> learning to be. So
1: <laughs> it's been really good. You know, it, it, your your show, your first show was really good. I was really impressed. And I think what I'm most excited about seeing you in this role and even like talking to you when you first took the job is that you're very inquisitive on how this industry works. and. I think that's what makes a really great reporter, right? You want to be able to teach people about especially a piece of the industry that is so vital to their needs, right? We're talking about the price of food right now, which means we definitely don't want to see any waste. And where's a lot of that come from? Uh, the cold chain, right? So you get this really incredible opportunity to start a niche of uh, freight waste content that is, I think, pretty close compared to all of them, to touching the consumer at where their needs are most. So I'm really excited. You've done a fabulous job so far.
2: Any compliment from Grace goes (laughs) straight to the heart.
1: It it, it absolutely just
0: touches your heart. And I think she's really, really right, though. It's like, this is the closest thing to touch the consumer, I think. Besides, Grace, you also write point of sale. And that retail element is also really, really close to the consumer. But at the end of the day, people don't function without food. They don't function without the cold chain sector of transportation really. And Sydney, one of the things that you've written about, you've written a lot about kind of real estate investment in the in the cold chain side of things. You've talked a lot about people expanding warehouses and people pouring money into mm-hmm. the sector because it's something that is still really expansive because it's necessary. Mm-hmm. What's something, a story that you've written about, either put in your newsletter or just kind of seen that's really popped up on your radar and you're like, wow, this is really impactful.
2: When it comes to an impact, um, I think a lot of it truly is... So of course, I get all these alerts to my phone now, anything cold chain related, frozen food, um, cold supply chain, all the above. And these are all things that I'm you know, keeping track of to see, does this need to be in my newsletter? Is this something that I could be expanding on? And um, there is not just a, a need for more cold supply, um, frozen distribution centers, um, and just in general, in the United States, it's everywhere, everywhere. And already a lot of, um, I guess I would say, um, I can't think of the term exactly, but upcoming countries, um, who already do not have necessarily what we have in the United States and in other countries when it comes to cold storage, they need it more than ever right now is, is what I'm seeing all these articles that are coming out of other countries and, and we're trying so hard and whether it's, to store food, whether it's to store vaccines, all of that is still happening. While, while we're working on third, fourth, fifth uh, version of the vaccine, other countries still haven't been able to get um, mm-hmm. their their second dose just because we don't have cold storage to to supply them with. So I would say just the fact that all these companies are, are expanding and there are many... Um, I actually just wrote about this just last week, I believe it was. um one of these companies, a smaller company in India, was working on um vaccines that don't have to be refrigerated mm-hmm. and so uh, and kept cold so that in many facilities in other countries they can just they'll be able to store it wherever they where wherever they have space to store it. And so I think that's maybe some of the things right now that I'm looking at that I think are are pretty big right now worldwide.
1: Definitely. Well, and I, I was in brokerage for so long, I'll tell you this. If I ever got in a situation where a truck had, had to be unloaded um, and, and something needed to be stored in cold storage, it, it was a joke, mm-hmm. uh, to say the least. It, it, was, it was a day event of calling every single cold storage location you can find in a 400-mile radius, and if you found one, God had granted you a gift that day. And that was back, that was like, we're talking three or four years ago now. I mean, right now we're sitting at almost like 90% occupancy with like 70% of places being built already occupied as well. Um, I, you got a really fun industry that you get to, to pick apart and, and, and see how it grows. And yeah, the international aspect, so cool. No pun intended there.
0: So (laughs) cool. (laughs) And so I want to talk about your show a little bit, a little bit, City, because I think this kind of gets back to like our broadcaster hearts at yes. its core, right? As we get to sit down and we get to do these long form interviews, whether it's in this 30 minute show or a two hour show that we do every morning here at Freight Waves now. And it kind of takes us into like being like we're used to doing things and then cutting them and then making them look nice for TV, right? Mm-hmm. And now we're put into the space where you're thinking on your feet, We're we're live for 30 minutes every single day, right? Yes. And before we get into the topic of last week's show, talk to me a little bit about that transition because it's like a live podcast, it's a live show, and that's different and it's hard for us.
2: No, it- it is because um, they always say this in, in in broadcast journalism and in news that you become a twenty four hour expert mm-hmm. on whatever the topic is. Because some people, of course, have um, they're you know general assignment reporters. They've got one specific thing that they'll talk about. But me, Kaylee, a, a bunch of our friends in the industry, we're doing something different every day, and it's something that we didn't. You know, we, we went to school for broadcast journalism. Kaylee, meteorology. meteorology, like. That's what we know what to talk about, not necessarily, you know, the newest strain of Covid nineteen or how exactly a meat processing plant works. Um, so when we get to sit down and have interviews and uh, the short, I guess, the short frame that that a news piece is, we're able to sit down with somebody and film it and and ask those questions on the side of, okay, can you can you dumb that down for me? How, how exactly does that affect everybody, you know? Um, and now sitting here doing interviews, much like this one right here, there's no room for um, edits to be made and <laughs> cutting out all of my ums and likes and every <laughs> random question that I might ask. So it's been um, the first first trial, first run and go. I think it, it went pretty well, but it was different to sit there and say, okay, now when I ask this question, I, I better ask it right because... It's live and it's being recorded and we're not editing it.
0: (laughs) So speaking of that first show, we've got a clip of that first show of Running on Ice from last week. And so let's play that right now and check it out.
2: So I would actually like to talk specifically about labor shortages and what is at risk when a business is stressed, when employees are stressed at work like this?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So what we're seeing is... um, you know when when folks aren't available and you don't have the ability to see uh in real time what's going on because of labor shortages you end up having uh, a whole bunch of operating gaps that occur those operating gaps might be for example around quality uh or around service uh delivery or uh, you know time to task but also in some cases uh with the kinds of uh products and the kinds of use cases we support we see inventory um uh, issues. We have equipment failures that go unmonitored or power and um, uh, and grid-related uh, energy electricity failures that end up causing spoilage and loss. So there's a whole range of downstream effects not having enough people on site. Uh, one of the common uh, problems is that you end up with a lot of, you know, unforced errors, so to speak, stuff that gets lost or, or wasted because there, wasn't enough, there weren't enough eyeballs uh, on the task or, or stuff was left unmonitored. In cold chain in particular, that often takes the form of uh, energy and or uh, equipment failure causing the equipment to go down. And then if you don't have people on site checking things, you might lose product or end up with a spot in a warehouse. And, and that's expensive because you're literally throwing dollars into the ground
0: especially at a time like this, right? We're still talking labor shortages. We're still Mm -hmm. talking, having a hard time of getting people into truck transportation jobs, including warehousing, even though our job market is still really hot. And this is a really good point too. Was there anything else that came out of your first show that you thought was like really, really insightful?
2: Absolutely. So that was uh, Monik Suri. He's the founder and CEO of Therma. And so Therma is working on basically a temperature monitoring system that they have with IoT Tech. Um, and it's it's not the last mile it is the stationary uh, cold storage distribution center, freezer, whatever you have that it is monitoring. And so the big thing that they're working on is food spoilage and food waste mm-hmm. and they're trying to battle the trillion dollar food waste crisis that we have in the world right now. And so they're working of course on te- you know they've got an app product that you know tells you when temperatures aren't right or food is being spoiled or a door is open and something is leaking, all to combat what's, what the things that he had said um, that can happen in a workplace when you know there's either not enough people there or something just ends up happening with equipment. But they're also working on, and, and this is one of their newer products that they have out, it's smart refrigeration and clean cooling is what monica is calling it. And so it's it's refrigeration system that um, will turn off your refrigeration and keep it on a timer for when it knows it needs to be on versus having it on 24-7, wasting that energy when you don't necessarily need it to be that cold all the time or frozen all the time. And in return, saving money on everyone's energy bill up to 10 to 15% is what he's seeing right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, so for the future, right? and the best part about being at Freight waste Day is you get to Choose whatever content you know comes to mind, whatever falls into your niche. And and this is huge. Like you just named like three different ESG initiatives right there that you can focus <laughs> on. Uh, what are you excited to report on? Is there any guests coming up or any topics where you're just like, I'm really excited to use this platform and 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 give a, a shine to these certain areas?
2: You know <laughs> what am I most excited for? I think probably. I probably... I think I would be more excited to talk um, about maybe food shortages in other countries. Yeah. I do find that to be super interesting. And um, next week, I'll actually be talking with the folks at Tive, who we're all very familiar with, um, more about mm-hmm. keeping customers happy. But you know I'm so open to what I'm hearing. I think that's... Like you mentioned, the curiosity in me and just wanting to know more about everything cold mm-hmm. chain related. So I am... So open and and ready. I'm I'm interested in most things. So so it's absolutely
0: an unshameless plug. If you're watching this and you have anything that you yes. want to talk about with Sydney, <laughs> send it over to Hi. Running on Ice. <laughs> absolutely an unshameless plug right there. Oh
2: yes, send me an email. Uh, <laughs> find me on Twitter, LinkedIn. I want to have you, you on my show. <laughs> awesome.
0: And Sydney, before we let you go, I want to ask you about coming into the freight industry. It's obviously a multi-billion dollar industry for for North America and for really the world. It's a huge part of the United States GDP. It is something that is just a massive industry to tackle. Is there anything so far since working and covering freight that surprised you or that has really kind of caught you off guard and you've been like, dang, I had no idea about this before?
2: Besides everything, I guess (laughs) at this point. (laughs) Um, But Grace had kind of Grace and I had touched on it when I um, she had me on her show a couple weeks ago, and just I guess the the immensity Mm -hmm. of the of of cold chain of I mean everything everything we get is is reliant on the supply chain and the people that we're talking to the people that we're working with every day, and I don't think as you know, a regular citizen walking down the street, I ever really thought that. So it's just been, honestly, an an eye opening world. It's like a whole other world jumping into logistics and supply chain. So I'm I'm like, I'm in this new community now. And um, it's gonna be tough to get me out of it, because this is some good stuff.
0: (laughs) That's what they say, like, once you're in freight, you're in freight for life, Grace, right? Like, that's kind of... So that's kind of Very your journey. Quicksand. Start. <laughs> it's quicksand. Exactly, exactly. So Running on Ice <laughs> newsletter, when does it come out? Show, when does it come out? Where can people go to get it?
2: Yes. So the Running on Ice newsletter, I write it every Wednesday and Friday. And it comes out at 7 p.m. Eastern time every night on Wednesdays and Fridays. And then um, the show, our Running on Ice show is every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern time. And of course, you can find that on YouTube shortly after the show airs. And um, we'll be posting stuff about it, of course, on our LinkedIn and our web pages and all. And I know I'd mentioned this. um, We'll be talking with Tive next week. And we're talking about how saving loads before the customer knows there's an issue is a key to keeping customers. Mm -hmm. So I think it'll be an interesting topic to get into and kind of similar to what I was talking about with Therma in a way, but just maybe a little different section of it. So I'm excited. It's going to be a good one.
0: Awesome. We can catch that right here on Freightwaves TV also. And you know, Grace, you and I both have tons of other stuff that we've got in the works. Point of sale this week is delayed because we've got our exciting Small Fleet Owner Operator Summit coming up tomorrow afternoon. But other than that, let's kind of get a little recap of what you've been talking about lately in point of sale, whether that's newsletters or shows. What's
1: been going on there? Point of sale, recently been really focused, uh, last week actually had uh, Jack Dalio on to talk about a lot of these on-demand last mile delivery services having some trouble, whether it's a company like Grubhub who just basically had their value slashed in half and uh, their owners are trying to sell it for for whatever value they can. Um, But also a lot of like GoPuff and these companies are starting to do layoffs, kind of like what we saw with Stored and um, Convoy last week as well. And um, figuring out what exactly, where's that coming from? Are we seeing consumers say, hey, you know, maybe I'm willing to, to not spend the extra $10 surcharge on top of whatever you're surcharging, um, the the cost of, of those goods for to just go down to the store myself and or what's this, what's the business model look like in a inflationary and recession period. So I would check that one out really good work by Jack that I wanted to highlight. I'm
0: going to say a personal anecdote. I am not about to pay DoorDasher an extra like $7 <laughs> tip for like a mile trip just to have them turn around and say, you know what, my tip isn't big enough. I'm not going to take it anyways. Like that's gas prices are five dollars a gallon but like i'll hop on my bike and like take the mile
1: ride you know yeah like we all need to walk at the
0: end of the day i'm I'm on like a nine day step streak right now ten thousand steps so gotta hit gotta hit that higher step streak gotta hit that and then last thing last (laughs) of course we always talk about um uh, drive time with grace sharky on road dog radio what's up with that today and tomorrow
1: Okay, so today I have Thomas Watson to be joining me as he does every Tuesday. And then Malcolm from uh, Steam Logistics is coming on to talk about their no non-compete, how that's going, and just recruiting in this, uh, this industry right now as well. And then uh, everyone really should check out Wednesday's show because Kevin Hill's going to actually come on and he's got... Uh, a multitude of hot freight opinions that he just wants to throw out onto the radio waves as well. Um, and then Mary O'Connell and I are going to dive into the FMCSA possibly uh, redefining what a dispatcher and what a freight broker is, and, and how that could really uh, turn this whole uh, uh, market and industry around. So uh, good stuff coming up this week. Uh, excited to to have that slate of, of guests and uh, wild topics. <laughs>
0: I will bet money that Kevin Hill mentions frozen margaritas tomorrow with you on Drive Time. But that does it for us here on Great Quarter Gals. Grace, another great episode. And we were so excited to have Sydney on. Go find all of our content. Honestly, you can find all of us on Twitter. You can find all of us on LinkedIn. Give us a like. Give us a follow. Give us a subscribe. We'll see you guys next week right here for Great Quarter Gals. One,
3: two, three.